You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in. We are recording a podcast here of NFT365. We are doing it live on all the t- all the spaces as well as the uh, the social networks. We are uh, live streaming it out on YouTube and LinkedIn and into our, our Facebook group and uh, also live streaming the audio out to uh, Twitter spaces. So thanks, everybody, that's tuning in live. Uh, if you have to jump out early or you can't stay for the whole thing, uh, just know this will be episode 215. So it'll be tomorrow's episode, a uh, daily podcast, kind of works out nice. Uh, so it'll be tomorrow's episode uh, of the podcast uh, out there and all of your favorite podcasting apps or here on YouTube because we do keep uh, a video for all of the uh, episodes. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to do just a quick pause and then I'm going to jump into the intro and then we're going to bring on our, our special guest. So one second. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And you know, in this not only changing world and landscape that we have here in NFT space, you know, the beauty of, of early adoption, the beauty of pushing the limits and really uh, expanding what's possible here in Web3 and NFTs, you know, powered by the blockchain is that we get to experience a lot of firsts and we get to not only drive cultural change, but actually be a lot of the, the leaders in how we can you know, identify what change looks like. And also in many ways, not allow like the, the norms of Web 2 and a lot of the, the things that kind of just became the way of life and uh, things prior to be fully, you know, uh, you know, kind of seep into what we are doing here in Web 3. And so with that being said, part of the, the beauty of this is that we, we get to take on that, that vehicle of setting a new culture, setting a new standard of what we believe um, should be how we kind of roll out, you know, uh, you know, amplify people, how we create community, how we uh, develop and design, how we treat everyone with love, as I'm, you know, shout out to, uh, to here being Pride Month with, you know, love as a human right. And, and so for me, the beauty of all of this is that we do get to set the culture and we do get to establish new things. But there's also kind of that risk. And there's also that idea that, you know, those of us that are first in many ways, have to also be the ones that have to go through some of the trials and tribulations and and a lot of the the lessons learned and it takes strong you know character strong belief in what we're doing and also just the belief that together we can make an impact and you know for those on the podcast we know that you know the mantra of the podcast you know here when we started is was simply we are greater than me and it's that premise that you know we have to first be our our best me or our best selves before we can be a greater we. And as we look at that greater we and bring you know worlds together, you know I'm excited to bring on. We actually all have two special guests today, so this will be a lot of fun. So I'm excited to bring on our our first special guest, which will uh, you know kind of we'll kind of set the the stage here, and then we will jump into the conversation. Maddie, uh, Maddie is the COO of Crypto Chicks, as well as a really in depth uh, background. Uh, and Maddie, I'm excited to have you on. The the podcast. Uh, excited to have you here. We're going to have a lot of fun and bring in a, another special guest as well. But uh, Maddie, welcome to uh, NFT 365. Thanks so much for having me. This has been quite the production. I'm so impressed and really excited for the convo we're having today. Well, I'm excited to have you on. And for my listeners, they're definitely familiar with Crypto Chicks. It's one that I've talked about uh, since the beginning. It's a project that I you know love and, and I hold dearly. And uh, most know that like, you know, with my wallet being compromised now a couple of you know, three months ago, uh, you know, I had some NFTs that were stolen and, and the community, the listeners actually uh, rallied together to pull some ETH together. And they were like, which of your NFTs uh, do you want us to save to be able to buy back from uh, the hackers? And it was a, a no brainer for me. It was it was my crypto chick, the one that uh, you know I initially flipped up to get. I, I got three early on. I kind of had my eye on one uh, crypto chick from the very beginning and uh, been blessed to have that now, and we were able to buy it back. And you know, I thank our listeners for that. And we also had—I actually, actually had to pull up the exact uh, date because 
know, this NFT space or everything feels like dog years in, in a way with how much you know time goes. But back on episode 78, we of course had M uh, from Crypto Chicks on the podcast. And it's without question one of our most popular episodes. So no pressure at all. I promise there's no pressure. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think part of it is you know, the beauty of what we've all been creating and kind of evolving. But before we get into like our special guests and where things are and the project and things, you know, I know you have a very, you know, not only interesting background, but you have a very, you know, your experience has really set you up for success in this space, as well as, you know, opened um, some very beautiful ways that you can really help inspire, you know, women in Web3, as well as tech. Give us a little bit about your background and how you found, you know, NFTs and crypto chicks as a whole. Definitely. Um, yeah, so my career has mainly been in big tech, doing special projects, programs, products for senior leaders at Google um, and Facebook, now known as Meta. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. It gives me an opportunity to work on different things every day. You're coming into work and it's a completely different day than what you had previously. But that meant that it was anything from um, you know, revamping recruitment processes to rolling out onboarding programs, continued learning and development programs, some strategic operations things as well. And it was a really interesting work experience, but it also meant that some of the things I got to work on, I was super, super passionate about. So I um, was involved in revamping Meta's women in product organization uh, last fall. And I had so many conversations with women about this transition to Meta and Web3 and the Metaverse. And some of these really influential, like kick-ass women were saying things like, oh, I can't do that. It's the dark web or I don't know how to get involved in that space. And it's too scary or intimidating. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, like these really early adopters, influential women in tech, like just super kick-ass, knowledgeable um, women weren't able to kind of like get excited about getting involved in this space. The rest of us are so screwed. And so I started diving a little bit deeper into NFTs myself, the Web3 ecosystem, and trying to see what I could do with that learning development and strategic operations kind of niche to basically bring more women into this space. So my my Twitter bio is personal mission to bring more women into Web3. And I, I really feel like that's a guiding North Star for me that's helped to anchor um, everything that I do in this space. And luckily, one of my first NFTs was a crypto chick, got involved in the community, got sucked in, just never came out the other side, still here. <laughs> yeah, sucked in. And that's kind of how, the, you know, that's how this space works as well, right? That's kind of like the the beauty of, uh, you know, this arena. And I love that background too. And not only, you know, with Meta and, and you know, I think, let's face it, there's, all, you know, from a from a standpoint of tech and people that are in the space, like when I mean, you're working for the biggest names in the space and really, you know, being able to drive the most change. And I, and I think with driving change also becomes, you know, you have, you know, haters and you have lovers and you have, you know, kind of your welcoming NFT space. But I think the, the beauty is like, you know, and I, I will say, you know, there's not, it's not all sunshine and rainbows here in, in this uh, web three space, but you know, I don't think there's anyone that I've come across that is saying, you know, like we don't see the the opportunity to really not only open doors for women in Web3, but really kind of reset this, you know, really unbalanced, you know, equation that existed in in all of the the, the world, but especially in the, you know, in the tech space, especially in the in the bleeding edge space. So I love that you brought that in. I'm curious, you know, when that you kind of brought brought in early to Crypto Chicks and you were, you know, a member, you know, we've had, you know, Board Becky was on with what she did with, uh, you know, Fame Ladies. We had Data NFT who was also on kind of, you know, community driven and community leader. Yeah, there's a there's a different kind of you know connection I think early on, but then you're onto a role where you're you know driving leadership and you're teaming up with you know an amazing leadership team. How did that go from like you know fan and and and, and believer in crypto chicks to I'm going to take on a leadership role and I'm going to realize that this is going to be much more than you know me holding a JPEG. I, this is one of the things that I really enjoy talking about because it's truly a, a make your own destiny type situation, right? Web3 gives you an opportunity as a community member to raise your hand and say, this is something that's not going that well, or we could do this in a much more efficient way, or this could be a really big opportunity for us. And you can start providing value for the projects that you care about without even being on the team versus in Web2 or some of these more traditional industries. It's not really possible, right? Like you can't provide value and work on a special project or product for Meta or Google until you work there or for a startup until you're part of their leadership team. But here there's this opportunity for you to use your voice and your talents, start providing value, and then teams will recognize that and bring you on, right? And so for me, I 
just kind of started saying like, hey, I see that you're doing it this way. This is a way you could save a lot of time or this could be done better. And um, I think you kind of just ingratiate yourself to the right people and you end up working and building partnership relationships across projects. And it really ends up working out. And this isn't a unique experience to me either, right? A lot of the people that I have like, you know, informal mentee-mentor relationships within the space, this is a pattern that we see time and time and time again. Um, the one caveat that I give is it's much better in this situation to put all or most of your eggs in one basket than it is to spread across, right? So you should identify projects that you really care about and teams, missions that you really believe in, and then work to build up your kind of social and political capital with one or two projects rather than across, you know. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I can speak from experience, you know, we're buying an NFT every single day, right? So today is, you know, 215 NFTs that we bought, you know, in a row. And I am as about spread as about thin as you could possibly be when it comes to, you know, activity. And so I will have people reach out and be like, Brian, you love this project. You talk about it all the time, but I don't see you active in there. And I'm like, I know I'm a little bit of a caveat to the you know different uh, scenario, but I think you're so right. Like when you do kind of lean in on that one or two or a couple projects, you're able to really connect with that culture and that you know community and, and kind of take on some of those roles. And I think there's a difference between holding a lot of projects, believing in them in terms of social value versus you trying to build up a relationship with that team to eventually work with them. Right. And so I imagine if there were one or two projects where you wanted to join the team or do something that was like a longer term partnership initiative, you would probably invest in like more heavily one or the two. Without question. And even, you know, like from my team, you know, helping me kind of manage this world that we've created with this daily podcast, you know, like there's certain projects that I'm like, we need these uh, you know, announcements being posted in mine. So I get the notifications. Right. And, and for me, that's like, Hey, I don't want to miss, you know, the opportunity, but I also, you want to kind of believe in that, you know, that greater good. And, you know, crypto chicks for me, you know, I've been very blessed. I I've been you know thankful that I've been welcomed as an ally and advocate um, in many communities and far before web three. I, I, you know, I like to say, you know, I was the, the grand marshal of the LGBTQ plus parade back in 2003. And I was the, you know, cis white male that was welcomed in uh, into that you know, community. And I remember since that day, you know, like learning and growing. And, and, and for me, part of the beauty of web three, you know, especially for those that identify as male that are out there is that Every women-led project, just about every women-led project, has been, you know, extremely welcoming, but also not only welcoming, but allowing, you know, us to find what is like our role in this culture, in this community, and and how we can play a part. And I think, you know, for me, not only because that is something ingrained, but I'm also a girl dad. I have three, you know, three little girls. That so in my in my heart of hearts, that like my true north star is, you know, making a a better life and a better world for my, you know, my three daughters who actually just left here probably about a half hour ago. And they know the crypto chick NFT, like they are very aware of it. And when I had picked up my, my second and third, uh, we, I went with pink hair. So all three of mine have pink hair. And my daughter was like, are they going to convince you or tell you that you don't need another one with pink hair, daddy? And I was like, okay. I was like, I know I kind of love, you know, leaning into my own, uh, you know, you know, culture inside. And, and so, you know, for those that, you know, for as crypto chicks kind of grew, and I think as women-led projects were really kind of finally kind of getting the the attention that they deserve, not because they were a women-led project, because they were great projects that happened to be projects that were, that are led by women. There was also just kind of like this, you know, I, I think of like the, the winter timeframe, right? The December, January, February timeframe yeah. of just this like emergence of like, what is, what does it mean to grow a project and, and what does it mean to be more than just, you know, if you launched a project last fall, you could pretty much sneeze and the project sold out, right? Like it was like a, it was very much like, okay, here, here it is. But like, what does that mean? And, and I remember, you know, uh, with, you know, when M was on the show talking a little bit about like that origin of, of crypto chicks and, and where things had gone. And, you know, that brought us kind of into this year. Right. And, you know, crypto chicks walked in and, and faced some controversy earlier um, in the year. And, I remember seeing it for me, right? And I remember, you know, it kind of coming across the feed. And as an an advocate, and actually, you know, the episode with M had dropped like mid to late January. So I, you know, it was very fresh in a lot of people's minds. And you know, as someone that you know believes in change, believes in the power of great people, you know, I I looked at what you know what was going on and like, hey, I, I want to assess, I want to see what's what's happening. And then as I think more things came to light for me my commitment and belief in crypto chicks was really ingrained in the leadership, right? In the leadership and really the connection that so many in the community had. But talk to us a little bit about how was that, you know, we're going to, we're going to bring on our special guest here in a minute uh, and we'll kind of connect some of these dots, but how was that, you know, 
I, I can only imagine as that kind of was brought to light. And, you know, for all those that are out here, as you're hearing Maddie share this, there was no blueprint. There was no way of like, how do you make this work or how do you figure this out? And, and so give us a little bit of that background, I think, for our audience and, and talk to us a little bit of how that all kind of came to light in February. Yeah. Um, personally, for me, paint the scene for you. Um, I was still working at, at Facebook at the time and was involved in Crypto Chicks more in like an advisory capacity. I was just helping out with some of the operational stuff. Um, and I had a horrible week at work. Like I'm talking awake until 2.45 working, waking up at 6 or 7 a.m. to go back to work. That's atypical for tech. That's, you know, we're not in finance in New York City. And so that's not a normal schedule. And that was really tough. And it was, you know, just hard for me as a person. So, you know, that Friday night where we started kind of buzzing and finding out about this, I was getting ready to go to bed at like 7 p.m. And my phone was vibrating so much that it fell off the counter. Um, and I was like, oh my God, what happened? I thought something had happened to my family, honestly. And when I got on, I didn't feel relieved that it was not my family. I felt horrible. I was like, this is my worst nightmare. This is the exact opposite of the reason that I got into the space. Um, and I think the rest of the team felt the same. We all got onto a call to even try to figure out. At this time, we didn't have any of the information, right? We were finding everything out on Twitter. We had no inside intel whatsoever. Um, we're trying to get a hold of, you know, Polly, who's like asleep in Russia. And it was it was really hard on, on the team, right? And it's not because we feel were feeling like we were in a situation where we were the hardest hit. It was just because we were all so disappointed because it wasn't aligned with our personal ethos and the reason that we had been working so hard on the project. Um, luckily, I have done a lot of outage management and, you know, like designed standard operating procedures for how to deal with like escalations and crises in support organizations at Google. Um, so leaned on that a little bit, but you're right. There is no playbook for dealing with this. Right. And in a, in a huge company, the standard operating procedures are okay. You call the emergency on call who's in comms, you call the emergency on call in legal, in engineering, in product, and they all get together. And then you do have a single person who kind of runs the show, but you're not building that from scratch, right? That infrastructure already exists. And in this situation, we didn't have those people on call. And so we really did have to tap into and rely on a lot of connections to quickly form a cross-functional team that was going to be able to help and advise um, so that this wasn't, you know, led completely by us and it wasn't a blind leading the blind situation. And instead, we really got the right advisors to be able to help make sure that we handled this in the right way. You know, and for those that are you know, listening, so like that it was like that Friday, there was, you know, some tweets and some screenshots being shared that said, hey, this art doesn't look original. Right. And there were some people that were, you know, tagging and saying, hey, we see art that is elsewhere that it looks like crypto chicks. And mm -hmm. for anyone that's seen crypto chicks art, and, and this is a, a testament to Amanda and her vision, uh, you know, long before she was in the involved in the, you know, in the truth in the project is it's beautiful. It's, it's so well done in a way of being simple yet, you know, it brings to light like emotion and, and so many you know variables um, in it. But, you know, I remember seeing that and I, I, I was sick to my stomach and it's not because I like as a holder of the bag, but also like, Oh my goodness, this this can no, it happens every single day in the real world and web two. And it's been happening for far too long. But for many of us, we believe web three is the chance for us to kind of reset where it's not about you know allowing people to steal people's jokes or you know memes or you know like F Jerry and and the you know that agency for what they've done for you know comedians and 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 that kind of things. But it was also, you know, during that time, like you're finding out people are wanting answers. You're you know, not only as a team kind of figuring out how do we bring on all of these things to handle the crisis, but also there's like, you know, what is the truth? What is the, the non-truth? Where does this go? How do we bring in, you know, original artists? How do we figure things out? And I think doing that in a way where you also have 10,000 co-owners, right? And let's just put that out there for everyone. Yeah. Like the most impatient <laughs> humans that I believe exist and I fall into that, right, is our NFT holders. But there is also this element of, wait, if this is true, I want to know what you're doing. But the, I don't think a lot of people allow is if this is true <laughs> to be given enough light to like kind of do that research and then also kind of move forward. Those early times, and then we're going to, we're, we're going to bring in Amanda here in a second. Um, those, those, that weekend and that kind of like that next time, as you were kind of coming on board more full time, you're kind of going through like what the crisis and the decisions are. Not only was there no way to like blueprint of handling it 
technically publicly in this, you know, web three arena, but also like, what did that mean for, you know, like the, the project, you know, funds of the project. And then also like the future of the project. And, you know, for those that also don't know, they had just dropped, you know, the potion and there was this idea of, of the next rendition of, of art that was coming. How did, you know, like, as you kind of start to kind of weave through the, the truth and figure that piece out, I'm curious from those that are listening that are, that are wondering like, oh my goodness, if that happens to us, what, it, what are like the, what are the decisions on like, how do we communicate, but also how do we make sure that we aren't communicating something that we haven't validated yet? How did you guys go through that kind of period? Yeah, it's, it's really, there's so much to do at the same time and everything is super important. And I think that was probably the hardest thing for us to kind of navigate through is like, how do you even go about prioritizing when everything is a P zero or everything is on fire? Right. And um, so we were able to delegate a, a decent amount of work to experts. Right. And so from a legal perspective, brought in lawyers for that, from a PR perspective, you have your team for that. And I think that's really important. I will say teams get very nervous about spending money to solve problems and they'd much rather just kind of shove them under the rug and hope that they go away. But at the end of the day, getting an expert to advise your team is a really good use of your money, right? Like that's a good investment um, to make and to make sure that you're doing it the right way, not only for your team, but also for everyone involved, right? Like this wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a better outcome for Amanda for us to not have individuals advising us on this because, then there's a bunch of you know, people that are running around who have no idea what they're doing. And so I think that it's really important for everyone involved to build their core team that they need to be successful. But as a project, you're right. We have 10,000 NFTs out there and there are thousands and thousands of people that are holding these that are sitting here saying, what the actual heck is going on? Not so nice of language. But not only that, you also then have every you know, concentric circle around every single holder asking what the hell's going on. And so you have all of these people who are not even your holders pouring in, and you often don't have the infrastructure set up to deal with that. And so we had to onboard a lot of mods really quickly. I ended up staying up, you know, we were basically taking shifts across the leadership team, taking like three hours of sleep to make sure that there was always somebody online who could help and deal with anything or respond to things that came up and help to stabilize the team. Another really important thing is team culture, right? Like we bought a Starbucks gift card, put it out to the team and said, everyone, keep yourself caffeinated, well-fed, get yourself a treat, go get your wife or your husband a treat if they are you know, dealing with you being online all of this time. And then also from a strategy perspective, getting together as a team and saying, what does this look like for us moving forward so that we are able to really support the community? And for us, we basically took a zero-sum look at this and said, old crypto chicks days are over, right? That is a different time. We need to decide what this new era of crypto chicks looks like. And for us, that primary North Star was serving the community and honoring the community. And so everything that we looked at in terms of our new um, projects and initiatives was framed around the community. So honoring the holders of the time machine potions, even if in a different way, making sure that our OG holders felt like they were still connected and had a new a place in this new era was, was the most important thing for us. You know, and I, you know, not only, you know, and then from the outside, I just remember, you know, like, I mean, I had count, I think I stopped counting at like 50 messages that I had got, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I don't hold a giant bag, but for me, it was like, people are just like asking like, what are you doing? Or how, how are you looking at this? And, and I remember, you know, I, I have, you know, yet to be able to, to, to meet yourself or am in, in person yet. We'll hopefully solve that in, in New York. Yes. In New York. And I, I was just, you know, I was messaging M and I was just kind of saying like, I know that you have way more messages and don't reply to mine, but here's just like me letting you know, I'm thinking about you and, and hoping that, you know, that you're you know, understanding that a lot of this, you know, is coming from, you know, there's a lot of things going on and, and knowing their support. And I also felt like there, there was an understanding, you know, from, from a lot of people that, you know, I was in conversation with that, like, you know, we had to kind of look at this and say, this is a problem that we are going to not only continue to see, but we've probably seen, earlier in this space in many ways, but it was never either brought to light or did not have enough kind of like, you know, visibility on that. And so, you know, I think the way that that kind of all came, um, and of course, you know, Amanda, who we've now, uh, you know, brought on uh, here to the podcast and excited to have Amanda on and and Jess is, uh, is joining us to, to translate for us uh, for Amanda. But I remember feeling so bad for Amanda from a, from a you know, long distance perspective of not only this onslaught of, you know, like, I mean, the NFT space, when they, when they come, they come heavy, right? Yeah. And like the, hey, this is what you should do. And, you know, we, we jokingly say like, you know, not financial advice, but everyone loves in the NFT space to give unsolicited advice yeah. on, 
what you should do, what's best, how you should make, you know, make things happen. And so I think it was such an interesting, you know, thing from the outside to be, just be like, you know what, I, I was thankful from my view that I was a, a holder and that I could, you know, be active in the discord and watch some of the things that I could go on so I could share even publicly. I think we did a podcast episode, uh, middle to late February and I kind of just shared my take on it and, 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 on, and crypto chicks as a whole. But I know also like, I mean, Amanda gets kind of, you know, thrust into this, totally. you know, scenario. Also there's, you know, existing art, existing holders, there's contracts. And you mentioned like, you know, I love you. You were like hired experts, but like, I know for a lot of us is like, how do you hire an expert that understands this space enough to where, you know, you're not doing a lot of that education. So talk to us a little bit about how those, you know, initial conversations went um, with bringing Amanda into the fold. And I would love to, um, Amanda, I'm going to throw some questions your way and on how this all came to light on your side as well. But Maddie, how did that kind of start to evolve early on with, you know, Amanda being tagged in and figuring out what was kind of going on? That was one of the things that we kept reminding our team in almost every single internal announcement was, Keep in mind that there's somebody, you know, we don't want to use the words on the other side, but there's another person involved in this storm right now who had no idea yesterday when they went to bed that this was coming for them, right? And so we understand the space. We know who these people are. We are used to getting tons of messages on Twitter. Our skin is a little bit thicker. We've seen, like you said, things like this before. This is not the first time that there's been a huge you know, public storm of pitchforks, but it's a very new experience for somebody else. And people are merciless online, right? Like, my mom was getting messages somehow on Instagram. People found her personal Instagram saying like, you should be ashamed. You're lucky we don't know where you live. We would come for your daughter. I can't even imagine being on the other side of that where people's bags are involved, right? And so people feel like they have financial incentive to try to disprove and kind of tear down um, Amanda's story. And that's really toxic and is awful to deal with. And so that's one of the things that we still, you know, Jess, Amanda, and the rest of the Phoenix team, we talk about a lot is like, how do we help make all of the holders advocates and champions um, so that we can kind of dispel some of this misinformation? So I think that's one big piece. In terms of finding people tactically, if anybody's listening to this, um, there are so many lawyers, PR teams that are really moving into this space. And anytime you send an email or a request for an intro conversation before you even waste time meeting with them, you should ask them for examples and case studies of their work with other crypto and Web3 clients. Um, of course, everyone has to start somewhere, but you don't want to start with somebody where this is the first case they're ever taking in the space. So our lawyer, for example, Darren, give him a quick shout out. He's also the gutter cat gang lawyer. He's incredible. Um, and so I think that, you know, you end up finding people that are really invested and embedded in the space. He himself is a huge NFT holder. So he really understands the community, the culture and all of the principles. And finding people like that are helpful for you because you don't have to do any of that baseline education like you're talking about. You just don't know what their anonymous profile is in the real world. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, not only is it like finding the right mix, but also like finding people that can help take some of that off your shoulders. Cause even if they do know a little bit, but they don't understand some of the nuances, there's a lot that yeah. kind of goes into that. And so Amanda, thanks so much for, for jumping in. I can't wait to talk a little bit about uh, Phoenix and, and the things that you have going on there, but if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about like that February and those early days of finding out about crypto chicks and like what that emotion was for you and, and kind of that onslaught of information that you were kind of inundated with. She said uh, it was really hard and weird at the same time. She was woken up in the middle of the night because uh, her phone was vibrating and flashing so much. And she realized that something was up because people start messaging her on her personal Twitter, her personal Instagram, and the uh, professional ones as well, when she does have a, a big audience already, but it was a bit weird, and they were messaging in English when her audience is all Brazilian, so she, at first moment, thought, have I done something wrong? What happened? <laughs> uh, and yeah, so she, she got scared at the same time. She didn't understand why people were saying, oh yeah, look at this. And uh, there were people sending DMs with links that had, of course, the CryptoChicks uh, page and the video the probably, that probably everyone has seen that video with uh, both arts traced one after the other. And then, then obviously, even though she doesn't speak English, she understood what was going on. 
and people were messaging saying, oh, someone's making millions out of it. You have to do something. But yeah, that's basically how she found out because she didn't know anything about um, the NFT space and obviously nothing about her art as well being used. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, that context. I'm curious, you know, Amanda, from a, a standpoint of, you know, as you're realizing that, you know, there's someone that had copied what your, you know, your creative work was, what was the, what was the first like instinct? Was it, you know, let's get them to take that down or let's, you know, I, I can't believe they're doing it. What was like that first kind of, you know, emotional feeling that you felt as you know, once it kind of things slowed down a little bit? A minha primeira reação foi ter raiva. Eu fiquei com muita raiva porque é, eu achei muito injusto aquilo, sabe? Você receber mensagem, olha, tem alguém fazendo milhões com um desenho seu que você criou, que você postou já há anos atrás, enquanto, tipo, viver de arte, principalmente no Brasil, é a maior dificuldade. Então, assim, tem gente ganhando milhões com algo que você fez e que você não tá ganhando nada. Então, eu acho que um sentimento de raiva e de injustiça muito grande, sabe? De impotência, porque, além de tudo, é algo que eu não entendia, que eu tive que aprender, e vinha um monte de gente me falando A e B... E, e foi realmente muito confuso, foi raiva, confusão, sentimento de justiça, de impotência, foi tudo junto. She felt a lot of anger because uh, when she found out someone was profiting so much about uh, on on her art, uh, something that she made, and as an artist living in Brazil, lives a completely different lifestyle, a completely different background. Her reality is completely different to uh, many people who are involved in this space. Uh, her reality is from someone who wouldn't be able to take money to invest. So it was really, really frustrating to see her work being used. And she said she felt that it was really unfair, especially because... Um, not only she didn't know anything about space and she had to learn about the space to then understand better what was going on. And so it took a few days and she felt really angry also because um, she realized that many people were taking her credit and saying that she was not the artist. So it was quite painful for her to see, you know, someone's profiting from my art, but in that same time, they're saying that I'm not even the artist. Oh, I mean, I, I feel that, I feel that pain deeply and I, you know, I respect, and I, I think we just have to own those, that, that feeling, right? I think we sometimes even, you know, from the artist's perspective, not only realizing that some person, you know, might've taken your art and profited, but also, just even the idea that, you know, people don't believe me that it's even my art because there's like that, that, you know, they don't want to believe what they don't see. And I'm curious, Maddie, you know, and you're kind of coming on to Crypto Chicks full time in that sense around, you know, the same time of a lot of this going on. When, you know, you brought in lawyers, some experts that are knowing the space, there was also an understanding of like, you know, not only was is Polly, was Polly in Russia and, you know, working with the project, but understanding, okay, what are, what are our possible options? Like, what are the things that we can can do? And I will say that from the outside, you know, I just want to put this out there. There are a lot of artists that probably wouldn't have taken the time to learn the space and to to step in and and kind of welcome of what Amanda has done. There's a lot of project leaders and founders that we know would have just given up on the community, given up on the project, you know, backed out. How did that, you know, like when you were first coming through, like how can we make these this work best for everyone? Maddie, give us a little bit about like how did that kind of relationship go? And it, it couldn't have been easy. It also had to be a lot of education all the way around. So give us a little bit of insight into that, you know, initial kind of conversation with Amanda and the team. You know, it's funny because one of the things that people ask M and I is, you know, what did the conversation look like for you all to decide like we're still going to do this and you're not just going to walk away? And Em and I kind of laugh when we talk about this because we never even had a conversation about us walking away. I mean, the conversation was, okay, Maddie, when are you going to quit your job, right? And so that was, I think, um, that's different than what we would see from a lot of project teams in this space where we have seen people rug or run away for far less. Um, but that wasn't a conversation that our team ever had. It was figuring out how do we move forward. And ultimately, you know, we decided that the only way for us to do that was to have a new era of crypto chicks that did not 
associate with the founding team. And that seemed like the best way for us to be able to move forward and to only have people involved that were um, 100% aligned with the mission moving forward and weren't you know, associated with any of the wrongs in the past. We also felt better about that from the perspective of bringing Amanda in and being able to say that we had really made a, a clean break and had a conversation with her about this is a totally different team than the team who had originally done this, um, which I think is important. Like in the conversations that we've had with Amanda and her team and the lawyers is that's a really important aspect of this resolution is that this is a different group of people that also stepped up that are honoring the community who were you know associated with this. And that goes a really long way. And I think, you know, you said earlier, the reason that you still held and that you're still invested and bought in is because of the leadership team. And we hear that time and time again from everybody. That was one of the most popular things that came up on the pulse check that we did with the community in the middle of this um, was the belief in the leadership team as in the new leadership team. So leaning into that was, was really important. Um, I also think taking a really like humble and honest approach to this and saying, you know, we, we, our mission is to support women. And even though we didn't make this mess, we want to work on cleaning it up and we are willing to do what we can to help and even come up with other ideas for ways that we can help support the new project, right? Like Phoenix is really Amanda's opportunity to make a name in this space and retain that ownership and autonomy and, and being able to kind of carve out her own destiny in Web3. So what can we do to help uplift her there and make this more of a positive story moving forward rather than having her whole story in Web3 be what happened to her before she even got involved? You know, and this is such a Web3, you know, experience, right? Because the idea of like the founders of a, of a company that create, you know, a movement and fans around an art and an experience that, then you know there's this element of like how are you know them being removed you know and and having new you know not only new you know leadership but also you know bringing in kind of you know kind of establishing an all new culture is a very web three thing but i also think there's something that's really important for us to remember is that the amount of artists that continue to be ripped off and their things stolen and are never notified or never aware and it it is this shame of of so much that so many creatives that are probably in a lot of the you know the scenarios like what Amanda was in didn't have the 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 opportunity to kind of have those people kind of coming and saying hey we we passionate and love the art i'm curious you know from uh, Amanda from looking at like now figuring out how to work with crypto chicks and the team how does Amanda feeling about the the project as far as current involvement yeah. and, and how they're going how it's going to move forward um foi assim né foi um tempo assim para a gente se ajustar e entrar em um consenso, mas eu acho que isso me deixa mais tranquila, sabe? É, não só em relação a tudo que me causou, assim. Eu fiquei muito ansiosa, é, sabe? Mexeu muito com a minha cabeça, mas saber que agora eu posso contar com esse apoio, é, que obviamente vai me ajudar, vai ajudar na minha coleção. E eu me sinto, assim muito mais, nossa, tranquila, sabe? Em poder é, trabalhar sabendo que eu vou ter esse apoio, que, é, que as pessoas vão conseguir é, ter acesso direto, assim, à minha arte e, e, e se interessar ainda mais por ela, que vai alcançar mais pessoas. Então, eu fico, sabe, relaxada agora em poder trabalhar melhor até, né? Poder me dedicar ainda mais à coleção, às raras que estão vindo, então com certeza ajudou muito e tá ajudando muito, né? So she said of course it needed a lot of time for them to adjust to each other, to understand, especially to understand what was going on. And because it involved a lot of hate coming from people who didn't understand and the silence was a big enemy in the situation because we didn't like too many people talking about things that they didn't know but when they readjust uh, adjusted to in a way that she understood this new perspective uh, now she fe feels a little more uh, relaxed about everything and because it, this whole situation brought her a lot of anxiety and that affected even how she felt about art itself. And now that this situation has been sorted, 
and solved. She's so she's more happy and relaxed to move on, and she feels happy to have this support because she knows in the end how uh, this was not caused by the people who are trying to help and bring her uh, the support that she's having now from uh, not not only the CC team but the CC community as well. I think that's you know one of the things that we spent a lot of time talking about with everybody on the call and also, you know, some of the other team members is um, there was so much misinformation out there, right? Where like people didn't understand that the founding team had parted ways. They didn't understand that Alyssa, myself and the current CC leadership team didn't have all of the money from Mint or from secondary sales prior to when we took over. And I think that um, people also don't understand what's going on behind the scenes, right? And how long some of these conversations take when you do end up having like legal experts and people involved who should be involved, right? It's really important that it's done the right way, but that takes a lot of time. Um, and Web3, the space just does not give a lot of time, right? We move at, at light speed. And so I think there was a lot of misinformation and that kind of built up a lot of flurries, but in being able to kind of cut through some of the BS and the noise that's out there on Twitter, I feel like, you know, we have a good group chat going, we're kind of brainstorming every single day, like different ideas. So I think there's a lot of really good things coming. Phoenix is an opportunity for people to really invest in Amanda being able to rewrite her story in Web3. So I'm hopeful that we'll see a lot of... Um, positive momentum around that moving forward. I mean, and the, you know, I, I was jokingly saying about, you know, being most impatient, you know, humans as NFT holders, but I think, you know, I think it's actually, you know, it's, I believe it's, it's unacceptable as a whole that our, you know, that we put a lot of that pressure, like, you know, we can say like we want a roadmap and we buy an NFT and on the roadmap, it says 30 days out, they're going to have a video game and 60 days out, they're going to be a Netflix sitcom. Right. And we have to take a step back and recognize there's not, any way, shape, or form that that is even uh, possible. But I also think, you know, when it comes to humans, right, and understanding, we have to take a step back and recognize, like, these are all new variables, right? And the fact that, like, Amanda is, is like, thrown into this and that didn't ask to be not only bombarded, but, uh, you know, kind of all of this kind of pressure on there. And then also with the new founding team coming on and saying, okay, what do we, where, where do we have to, like, to the today? And then how do we move forward? And like I remember, like one of the things and I said it here on the podcast, you know, back on a, I think it was round episode 100, is I said like for me, you know, whatever had happened between you know Crypto Chicks and Amanda, my belief was I was going to take equal money that I had invested in Crypto Chicks and invest in whatever Amanda was going to roll out. And in, in my view, that was a way of saying, hey, we were figuring things out in one way, but I was going to, you know, like fully make that a big advocate side. And, and then, you know, as I had messaged a little bit and was like, hey, is this going to be a little bit, you know, um, is there something, you know, beautiful here in the future? And and so I love that things have kind of come to life. And and I would love, Amanda, share a little bit about, you know, Phoenix. And um, I actually set up on the pre-mint uh, today. So I, I got myself my name on there. But uh, yeah, Amanda, we'd love to hear a little bit about uh, Phoenix and, and that upcoming project. Well, é, o projeto da Fênix foi o que mais me interessou assim, em participar. Eu achei muito legal, sabe, ver mulher apoiando mulheres assim. E foi o que mais me chamou a atenção. O nome surgiu justamente, eu acho que é por, por essa volta que eu dei na Web3 e, e poder voltar das cinzas, digamos assim, né? E exatamente por isso o nome Fênix. É, essa coleção ela significa muito para mim. E o número da coleção também, o número de imagens, ele foi justamente por, por conta do ano que eu nasci, né? O ano de 98. E a coleção também vai trazer a Karma, que foi a personagem que me trouxe para esse mundo. Então, assim, eu tô muito animada com isso. É, na coleção também, não só vai trazer a Karma, como vai trazer é, alguns detalhes dela, tipo o terceiro olho. É, a gente tem algumas raras que eu não compartilhei no Twitter, as pessoas ainda não viram. E eu tô fazendo com muito carinho, eu tô tentando ser <risos> o mais perfeccionista possível. É, a gente tem um plano que inclui posters e até mesmo moletons personalizados para quem mintar certos números de NFTs. É, inclusive um deles para quem mintar 20 ou mais de um NFT personalizado e exclusivo, claro. É... A Fênix é um projeto incubado pelo Projeto Fortuna. E assim como Fortuna, que tem uma ligação forte com a caridade no Brasil, como a Beleza Escondida, que foi é, um abrigo de mulheres e crianças que recebeu 50 mil dólares 
é, vindo do projeto Fortuna, a Fênix também vai estar tá buscando o bem da comunidade fora da Web3, porque é importante para a gente. Né? Uma das maiores utilidades do projeto é fazer parte de algo tão positivo como a minha história no mundo do NFTs, porque apesar de como eu entrei de forma negativa, o restante da trajetória não será. Right, I'm gonna try and translate to the simplest way. <laughs> But yeah, uh, for those who are unaware, um, despite of receiving lots of hate messages, she received a lot of invitations and people wanting to work with her. Um, in the end, she chose to do to be part of Phoenix because uh, for her women supporting women, women empowering women is one of the most important things. If you are familiar with her art, like if you had a look on her Instagram, you see that her art previously already was part of a lot of empowering and making sure that every woman is special and empowering in relationships and your self-love and all of that. But yeah, Phoenix... Um, It has this sentiment for her. It's very important. And, you know, we all know the phoenix meaning, the bird that comes from the ashes. And she thought it makes a lot of sense for her Web3 story. And, you know, she came in, into this space in a very not nice way, let's be, on, be honest. But she has a lot of... Uh, potential. She knows. She knows. She knows. She deserves as an artist so much more uh, than just one drawing. And Phoenix is what she. She her opportunity to show her art and to show that the Web three has offers you this opportunity to change, turn a bad situation into something positive and like such. So like Maddie said, she doesn't want uh, her story to be attached to something. Uh, one, one thing, Amanda is a very uh, strong woman. And, you know, she's not, she's been a victim of a situation, but she's not going to be led her, let her story be led by that. And so, yeah, she, the number of the... NFTs is 9898 because 1998 is the year of her birth. So it's important for her. She even made some layers uh, that represented that. And she's including, including Karma, the famous uh, character that um, we know got famous. She's including Karma and so many elements of Karma in, in Phoenix. Phoenix will be uh, minting probably in uh, three weeks. It's still to be announced. And she also wants uh, Phoenix to be related to charity, just like Fortuna, that is the project incubating Phoenix. Um, but yeah, the community will be connected. And she thinks not only, of course, there will be a perks, different types of perks, such as merch that will be connected to multiple mains. Um, but one of the things that she wants people to always remember that one of the things will be when you mint one phoenix, you'll be minting and saying that you believe in this web tree change. And that's the most important thing. You, you are part of this difference that you're making uh into the space I, i love that and i i mean the art is amazing we're going to include all the links in the show notes uh make sure that we have people that are you know that check out the pre-med i mean the website is is amazing i just love the art and you know I, born in 1998 made me feel a little old there uh and but i will say you know the idea that you know amanda is is really inspiring, you know, not only, you know, current generations, but future generations on, you know, what is possible. And I believe this is, you know, a story that ultimately becomes, I think, empowering for hopefully, you know, other artists and creators that end up, unfortunately, in a situation. But hopefully, it's also one that is showing that, like, 
you know, we no longer will be okay with people that are, are, are copying or, or stealing and taking others, you know, art and, and representing it as their own. And, and there are ways to, you know, push forward this. And I, and I think the Phoenix name, you know, rising from the ashes uh, is, is like beautifully uh, uh, tied there. So we will definitely support. And actually the, the incubator side of the house is actually one of the projects that we uh, minted here on uh, Mint 365 as well. So we have uh, some fun ties uh, as far as just, you know, the projects that we're involved in. So, you know, Maddie, I'm, I'm, you know, as you kind of look at, you know, Phoenix and what are some of the things like uh, from a crypto chicks perspective, how those things are going to kind of work out. And, you know, it's kind of a beautiful synergy that there's, you know, kind of both moving forward. And, and I also just commend both of you for, uh, both projects being very transparent on the announcements that happened just over this past weekend. Um, I think it was very easy to brush over everything as if it was all sunshine and rainbows, but I think it would have done a disservice for, you know, all of the work that both sides have done. So I, I want to put that out there just to both teams, you know, being very open and transparent. I read both threads on, on Twitter and I'll, I'll share those links in here too. Cause I think it adds, you know, some, um, you know, some really levity to this, you know, you know, a much larger project or much larger, you know, scenario than most people realize. But talk to us a little bit, Maddie, about how Crypto Chicks is moving forward and, and kind of align with Phoenix. Yeah, we, we didn't want this to be a, a rose-colored glasses, whitewashing situation of what was really hard, right? Like we both teams spent a ton of time working to feel like we were getting to a good place that we could move forward in a positive way, but that doesn't mean that everything was always positive, right? And so I think it's important to be authentic and and represent that piece of this as well um, in order for people to really feel like we were taking this seriously. Um, so uh, thanks. I appreciate you saying that about all of the threads. And I think a lot of the engagement that's been going on behind the scenes across the team's really speaks to the fact that we're bought into this and being a collaborative effort and trying to do everything that we can to really like walk the walk and not just talk the talk in terms of um, supporting. And I think Sarah tweeted out like such an incredibly, Sarah, who's um, one of the founders of Fortuna, who's helping to launch Phoenix, yes. tweeted out a thread that was so nice about challenging, you know, preconceived notions and being open to kind of having flexibility of mindset. And I really appreciated that. I think that that's a really nice thing for people to hear about in Web3 because it's very easy for us to get stuck in our ways and believe one thing and then never change our minds on it. Um, so I think that that was great. In terms of moving forward, we're really excited. I think that there is, you know, the market is tough right now. No getting around that in the spirit of being authentic. Um, but I think that this is this is about more than just like a project. This is about kind of reclaiming a narrative. And I think that that's important. So the pre-mint, um, we can put the link down below uh, in the in the show notes as well. It's also in the Crypto Chicks Discord um, and our announcements channel um, to win a lot less spots for Amanda's new mint. We also have like some fun competitions that we'll be doing on social media to get um, you know free Crypto Chicks stuff to help support and bring visibility to the Phoenix project. And then we have a couple other like top secret things that we're thinking about um, to get people really excited um, and build some like organic momentum in a way that's innovative and different than what projects have done in the past, because I think this is a very different launch than what we see um, in the rest of the space. And it's important to make sure that we're approaching it that way too. Yeah. And I, and I hope for, you know, those that are listening, right. When we think about these, these times, I think, we have to be very, um, you know, not only strategic, but we have to make sure that the impact that we are using, you know, the ETH that we do have, no matter what its value is at the moment, um, for, you know, causes and beliefs that that are going to make a, a difference and an impact. And I also think it's powerful that it's, you know, a, a women artist and a women-led team that are coming forward and setting, you know, a new standard, a new belief. And, you know, maybe we can start you know, writing better into original contracts to prepare for some of these things that, let's face it, we don't, none of us were, you know, prepared for. And I think you said, you know, that piece of perspective, right? I, I would challenge anyone to like put yourselves in the shoes of any of the, of the players that have been involved and ask you like, like, what is it, what are you tapping into from like how we can make this better? And I, you know, I appreciate the transparency. I also, you know, not whitewashing and not, you know, putting it under a rug. And, you know, for those that are, are in this space, like, you know, I like to tweet out a lot. I say the blockchain doesn't lie. And I, and I part, partially that is like 
we can't let those that shy away and allow these things to, hey, let's wait a couple months. If the market goes down, we can just come out and people will forget what had happened. And that's the Web2 way that allowed us to walk into a, a world that was not only people were stepping on people, but we had you know things like we needed a Me Too movement to recognize this you know horrible you know culture and environment that we've kind of um, empowered throughout our, you know our culture. And so I, I I think there is something beautiful, especially even you know from you know Brazilian artists to be able to inspire others. I will say you know, um, from, uh, you know, from my three daughters, you know, uh, to Amanda, I had actually, you know, caveat to my daughters, you know, can't pick crypto chicks or can't pick that art. Um, when you're picking your favorite NFT, cause they all three were picking that art from that standpoint. So there's three little girls here that, you know, were, were, were touched by, you know, Amanda's art, even before, you know, the, the conversation, I think the beauty of that is now with, with Phoenix, they can, we can also get involved and, and support. And, and we will, without question here for the podcast, we will mint that into our collection, which I think is a, it's kind of a, a beautiful bow. And we'll make sure we, you know, share some things out as we go on that as well. I also think it's important to keep in mind, like this is a, this is a, one of those historical collections, right? This is an opportunity to be involved in something that is in a way the first of its kind, where unfortunately women artists, particularly women artists of color have you know, for a very long history, been undervalued for the work that they've provided. This is an opportunity to really recognize somebody and also basically get like a memento of this occasion, right? This is a, you can meaningfully stand by and say, I was a part of making this a success for somebody. And that's, that's a unique opportunity. You know, and I, and I will, will just say that, you know, there's also just this element of like, we, if we are all growing and becoming better humans and better things together, you know, there, there's a lot of problems that we are going to approach that we don't have experience dealing with because we've we've either not had the opportunity because of you know what society has kind of uh, decided to to you know kind of you know make an example of the world around us, but there's also a lot of opportunities for us to figure out ways to you know, like what do we learn from this moving forward in all of our projects? How do we help you know connect the dots? But also how do we how do we pay homage a lot into projects that are of that value? It's why you know I bring up Fame Lady Squad as well as as a project that. You know, as soon as I heard that original story, I immediately I remember buying it. And you know, my my fame lady squad sits next to my uh, crypto chick in my in my ledger. The two that are you know kind of like it's like that's where they're gonna belong, and and that's kind of like the the treasure trove of of projects that have some great you know not only you know kind of setting the way of community led you know uh, you know reimagination of what these look like, but also. You know, there was, you know, I think for those that left, you know, crypto chicks and, and for their own right reasons and for their own beliefs, I, I think there's something, you know, beautiful about kind of like looking at that. And I think during these current times, let's, you know, it's, I think it's important for us not to Monday morning quarterback or go back and like a whole bunch of what ifs, but just to think about like, okay, what are the things I care most about? And what are the things that, that I want to be a part of? And, and for me, it's a no brainer in the idea of like, how can we, really set a new bar in web three that doesn't allow, doesn't just continue on these trends of, of the ways in the, in the you know past. And, and this is a beautiful example. I also think there's something to be said right now for, um, you know, we're a lot of people are consolidating. And I think that the way to do that is to consolidate into projects that you think have staying power. And I think a good signal there is if the team has gone through something really hard and come out the other side of it, you get good signal on their commitment, their operating capacity, their leadership style, their resilience, right? And those are things that are really difficult to get signal on in a space that's otherwise like based on anonymity. And a lot of projects have only had like rosy colored experiences so far. So I, you know, for just from a responsible perspective, I think that there's, there's opportunity here to invest in projects that you feel confident in leadership teams in. And I feel much better investing in a company like Fame Ladies because I know that they have gone through something that's really tough and they've been able to write the business. They have the commitment and the skills needed. And um, I think the crypto chicks is another one in that bucket. Yeah. And for all those that are project founders or working with project founders, uh, you know, I worked in cybersecurity for 10 years. And the thing we just always kind of promised was, you know, it's not about, you know, how do I prevent from getting hacked or how do I stop, you know, a security vulnerability? It's like, how do I deal with it when it happens? And what am I prepared to do and how you know, committed I am to it? And so for every project, it's an unfortunate you know, component of this world where you will have crisis management. You will have things that you are going to have to adapt from. It'll have different scales. It'll come in different ways. But the projects that are, that are pushing through, that not only are pushing through to make the project better, but I believe to make the whole space better, are the ones that we have to champion, are the ones that we have to, you know, believe in. And, you know, I, I would just say, like, I, as we look at, you know, the Phoenix, like, for me, 
you know, watching that project, you know, be successful is also a testament to our commitment to believe, like, how do we remove the starving from the starving artists? And how do we make sure artists that have been violated and, and their art has been stolen are, are championed? And, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to talk a good game in Web3. I'm going to challenge everyone that listens to this, like, we need to back it up. We need to actually back up and support, you know, the projects and the people that are, are really willing to you know, set this new bar. And I, I hope that, you know, we even as we move forward and there's others that come across this, it's, it's now becomes like, okay, here's an example of how we work through it and, and, you know, continue growing, uh, you know, these use cases. So, uh, you know, Maddie and Amanda and, and Jess, thanks for translating. I know I talk a lot and I talk fast, Jess. So this was, this is uh, a challenge across the board. Uh, so I, you know, I thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Jess, for, for being involved. And, and Maddie, I want to throw it to you um, one more time, like from a, what to, what's looking forward to? I know we're going to get to hang out in NFT NYC. Uh, you know, I, I got to book under the, the Crypto Chicks uh, block there at the hotel so I can uh, get to hang out with, you know, all of that, you know, family and all those amazing uh, holders. Talk to us a little bit about the future of Crypto Chicks and, and what you guys, what you're looking forward to. Yeah, um, I think, you know, right now we're, we're very focused on NFT NYC and supporting Amanda and launching her new project. For NFT NYC, we're so excited to get to meet people in person. I can say that I, every single person who tells me booked in the room block. I'm just like, can't wait to walk by everyone in the halls. Um, we have some great events that are unfortunately fully sold out, but we do have wait lists available. We have a podcast that we're coming out with. So we put out a call for people to recommend individuals that they'd like us to chat with. Hopefully we can get even anywhere close to your high quality production value um, and make sure that it's a good experience for everyone who joins. Um, and then we also will be um, focusing on our new collection. So honoring, like we said, the time machine potions that everyone got. We have some really cool creative ideas that we're talking about there. Um, and then the design collective. I think a lot of people are really excited about that in terms of supporting women artists, women creatives. There's a lot that are being left behind. And so making sure that we're building out an incubator program to um, support them in developing the skills and launching their new collections, which will be basically paired digital and physical um, wearables is really exciting. So we had a meeting today where we went through all of the curriculum and talked about the different mentors and sections that we'll have. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could go through this. Unfortunately, I'm not a designer and I have no creative skills, so I will not be, um, but it should be really cool. And so I think there's a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipeline that um, is keeping the team really energized right now. I love that. I look forward to New York as well. And I'm going to bring, uh, you know, Justin and Amanda back in. Just, you know, I, I, I'm excited for what is possible around a lot of this space. I think we, this is a beautiful time for us to rally behind, you know, each other and, you know, bet all in on, on the humans that are here. And I, you know, and Crypto Chicks, the, the merch came out. I know in our Discord, lots of people are taking pictures of the merch that they received. I, I'm actually, mine is actually at my post office. I just haven't been able to go over the post office uh, to pick up my merch there as well. And excited for, you know, the time potion and also even just, you know, the, there's a beautiful story. Like we're buying an NFT every day here because we wanted to create kind of a time capsule of a year in NFTs. And I think that we sometimes forget like this time capsule, right? When we look back at February, you know, a year from, you know, from February and we can kind of assess, you know, what, what does all of this mean and all of this impact and all the hard work that has been put in. I think there is, you know, there's not only beautiful things that are, are to come, but I think that is the, the beautiful byproduct, you know, product of crypto chicks. And, you know, I would love for, you know, I'll give the last word kind of to Amanda as, you know, I, I love that, you know, she joined us. We were able to kind of make this, you know, the, bring these worlds together. And, you know, as a fan, I'm, I'm curious, just Amanda, for any last words, anything that, you know, Amanda wants to share about Phoenix or, or about this experience. And uh, we will we'll close it out after that. Eu tava falando com o microfone desligado. Mas, vamos lá. É... Eu quero que a minha coleção, ela seja um exemplo, e ela dê um exemplo de como as mulheres são fortes e que mostre que a Web3, ela recompensa os artistas, mesmo havendo algumas maçãs podres presentes, como em todo o mercado. É... O bem sempre vence, e eu tô desse lado do bem. É, fazendo o meu melhor para representar as mulheres na Web3 e para representar meu país que ainda sabe tão pouco sobre isso. Yeah, she really wants uh, Phoenix to be an example of how women are strong and to show that Web3 can really reward the artists and the good people, the good ones who have faith in in what's real. Uh, even though there are like bad actors in everywhere, 
but she thinks, you know, in the end, the goodness, the good always, always wins. And she's on that side, like all of us here. So she's doing all her, be her best. She wants to ensure that she's giving all her soul and art on, to her art for this collection to be like unique and to transparent to be transparent to her sentiments and everything and like the way he feels she feels how she when she's drawing and she wants really wants that to be remarkable she, she also said uh that she wants to be representing women and she wants to be representing after all she wants to be representing brazil as well because brazil is a market uh it, it, the web tree is not present right, pretty much in Brazil. So she, she wants to be representing the country with this collection. I love that. And I've, I've had the, the luxury and pleasure to visit Brazil only once. I, I've been to 76 countries, but I've been there once and I, I fell in love instantly with you know Brazil and the, and the culture and the people. And I think it, Web3 hopefully will allow us to continue to you know discover and amplify amazing you know, artists and creatives uh, like Amanda and, and also, in, you know, empower and inspire the world. And I think this is a, you know, for me, this is a beautiful example of, you know, what is possible in Web3. And I, this wouldn't, uh, you know, have come to light this way in, in Web2 and in many of the variables, every every kind of turning part. And I think the the beauty of this is that it, it is about what can we, you know, learn, what can we empower and, and how can we get great, talented creative uh like what amanda is creating out to the world so maddie thank you so much for for jumping on i was super excited to have you here on the show excited to hang out in new york amanda and jess thank you so much for joining as well you know i will make sure the the, the show notes are there you know in the you know the links are in there and just know also when you you know, click on the you know pre-mint and and some of those things it can say add to your calendar right there's there's a beautiful thing that we we might operate in a real-time world where things are always changing but you know if you can put things on your calendar we'll do our our best to uh, remember or remind people and i and i think the the other part of this i'll just challenge us all to be to be better to be more empathetic towards those that are going through um, these type of scenarios, or even just trying to handle anything that is you know, coming their way. A lot of this is new. A lot of this is uh, uncharted. And sometimes it's not only unwanted, but it's in ways that we have to kind of um, really tap into who we are as humans. And you know, I, I'm blessed to be surrounded by some amazing women here on, on this show and, and so many in this space. And I think you know, it, we have a long way to go, but I think these are great examples that when people talk about these are just JPEGs, or they don't understand the power of NFTs. I think this example of you know an amazing you know Brazilian artist that was that unfortunately was you know was violated just like it happens in in countries and worlds and artists around the world. But we're able to now change that narrative and hopefully now you know take Phoenix and, and support that you know project and be involved in that project and and continue on you know growing with what all that you know Crypto Chicks has to offer as well. So uh, until tomorrow, my friends. I know this was a long one, but it was well worth every minute. Uh, make it a great day. Cheers. Everybody. This show is not financial advice, so do your own 